This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Welcome to Chill Filtered, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to, but you probably should. My name is Adam, and on today's episode, we're going to be drinking a delicious whiskey. That's right, it's I.W. Harper 15-Year Bourbon. But before we get to that, let's get down to just a little bit of business. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a rating and a review. Ratings help people find the show. Reviews help us know what you're liking, maybe what you'd like to see different about the show. If you'd like to be a bigger part in what we do here at Chill Filtered, you can visit patreon.com slash chillfiltered. That's the business. Here's the podcast. All right, Cole, my dear friend, as we heard in the intro, we're drinking something amazing today. But how are you? I'm good, man. I had a good week. Um, yeah, yesterday I was at a concert. I, I love the band Jimmy Eat World, and I got like front pit passes, basically. I was like, like let's just say this, that Jimmy Eat World Instagram posted a photo thanking the whole crowd, and I was like dead center in the crowd. It was pretty cool, like in their actual Instagram photo. So, Dude, I, I am so jealous. They're good, man. And it was it was a cool venue. I mean, it was hot. It was outdoors. But it was actually one of the chillest days that Phoenix has had in a long time. Because it's been like what they call monsoon season. Uh, which is like it rains and like pours and then like clears out basically. But it's like kind of a big thing here. And it's, and it's very like unpredictable, which is cool. Um, but it like rained the day before and it was like about to rain, but it never did. So it was actually kind of cool. And by cool, I mean like 90 two degrees as opposed to like 110 <laughs> so you just i mean i kind of get used to it out here it's it's really not that bad you just kind of i'm glad i came in the winter though because it would have been rough to go from like wisconsin summers to like these summers um so right. I, got, I picked a good time um otherwise i'm i'm still like reeling from last uh, episode uh, where we drank the uh colonel e. h taylor amaranth um dude loved it. same same i am like still just like buzzing from it and uh i don't know i've been talking to people about it and they're like what like that's insane that you got that so yeah i'm pretty excited still it's the first of many great ones so i'm excited well um, to be fair it's not the first of many great ones it's the i don't know how we've had a lot of great ones Oh, no, I mean, like, the first of many great, awesome samples, like, pre-release samples. Right, right. Yeah. So, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, But otherwise, I enjoy work. Um, I'm about to be tra- transferred off of the, like, the training team at work, which, you know, is, like, typically takes six to nine months. Um, yeah. So that's kind of going to be cool. I don't know where I'm going to go yet, but it's it's kind of cool. Like, you get assigned a, a team uh, to do pricing work on. So, um, it depends on, you know, it might be like a regional team or something like that. So, um, yeah, I'll find out what it is in the next few weeks, but yeah, love and life. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I, uh, I, well, you know this, I'm tired. I just, I just woke up, 
um, from a nap that apparently I needed. I got home from work today and just crashed. Um, <laughs> but but I I am doing good. I uh, I I I don't know. I'm doing good. I. I you know I did the the videos this week like, for oh, nice. the first time in forever. Uh, like I got I edited your you know cocktails with Cole. So I guess I guess technically when this comes out it was last week. But uh, so I edited the cocktails with Cole thing, and then I finally did another Thirsty Thursdays with Adam. And nice. I just was like, oh, you know when you like you haven't done something in a while, and like the thought of it, you're like, oh, I really don't want to do that. And then you mm-hmm. do it, you're like, oh wow, like I'm really glad that I did that, and I missed doing those things. Uh, totally that's kind of what it was. And uh, your the cocktails with Cole episode, you gave me two minutes to work with. <laughs> Is that a lot or a little? Like, I forget. Oh, that's nothing. Like your other ones have been like six, seven minutes long, that really? I, and then I cut them down to like four minutes. But but you just had two minutes, so I was like, well, I can't cut anything out of this, so I just did it. But um, it was a simple on one. the yeah on the thirsty Thursdays one. Um, I kind of I used to I oh, so all the other videos I have just like not touched at all. I, yeah. I haven't edited them except for like the beginning and end. And this week. Or last week, I guess I I edited it a lot more than I normally do. So it was it was I don't know it was fun. That's cool. Um, and uh, bought a bunch of new motorcycle stuff to Ooh. keep me safe while I'm driving a motorcycle and and all that stuff. But no, uh, life is good. And uh, I don't know. You know, some other exciting stuff has happened at Chill Filtered. Indeed. I uh, I don't want to say what yet i don't don't think we should disclose specifics yet but we have had another brand reach out to us and want to feature some things on the show and uh pretty soon we'll be able to to announce that and and feature them and uh you know just a just a reminder to any company out there like if you have something if you have a whiskey or you've got whatever and you want to support the show, we are open and willing to work with you. And just just be reminded we're always going to give our honest opinions about whatever it is. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. It's it's it's, it's like things are coming together. And, uh, you know, I've always enjoyed this, but I'm enjoying it more lately for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is definitely uh, more fun when people are kind of recognizing the things that you do. So for sure, for sure, it's all. It's always fun. It's just there is a little more sparkle. Yeah, uh, no, know. I agree. So, um, hey, Cole, what are we drinking today? We are drinking a bottle called I W Harper Fifteen Year. It's okay. A- it's a Diageo product, and we'll get into the history a bit, but it is, you know, getting a 15-year on the show is actually, like, it's it, it shouldn't be too hard to find, but it is, I mean, like, 15 years is a lot of years to age a whiskey, so I'm excited for this one. Yes, and, and Cole, what kind of whiskey is this? Oh, it's a bourbon! Yeah, it's a bourbon. <laughs> I was hoping I was hoping that like my hesitation, you'd be like, oh, I didn't say exactly what it is, but no, you're good. Um 
Yeah, uh, I uh, I mentioned in the Thirsty Thursday video last week that this is what we were drinking, and it's it's a bottle that you know I I buy stuff based on the look of it sometimes, the packaging, the branding, things like that. And this is one of those bottles. I loved the way the bottle looks. I still do. And uh, sometimes those purchases end up being great, and sometimes it's kind of a miss. And this yeah. one was was not a miss at all. It was. It's honestly one of my favorite bourbons, and uh, I'm really excited to have it on the show. Uh, Cole, again, we should tell listeners, YouTube, you can go to YouTube and... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Search Chill Filtered, and you can find Cocktails with Cole, or just search Cocktails with Cole, and uh, you can find the videos where Cole teaches you how to do cocktails. This past week, he uh, he did a Kentucky Mule, and it's about the easiest cocktail you can make. Yeah. And uh, uh, but it's it sure is tasty. And then uh, if you are interested in the Thirsty Thursday videos with me, Adam. Uh, you can always go to patreon.com slash chillfiltered, and for as little as $1 a month, you can get access to all of the content that we do there. That's the only place where you can see the Thirsty Thursday videos, and you can be a part of the Thirsty Thursday Infinity Bottle, where I do things like pour experimental whiskey that we get before the public does into a bottle full of other whiskeys. So, uh, yeah, you should tune in there, guys. Uh... Are you ready to do this thing, Cole? Let's do this thing. All right. But before we do, let's take just a quick break. All right. Back from break. And uh, as you heard before the break, we're going to be drinking I.W. Harper 15-Year Bourbon. And uh, I love this bottle. It looks like a fancy decanter. And uh, Cole, I don't know really anything about this bottle. Why don't you go ahead and fill us in on all the deets? Yeah. So this bottle, I I agree with you. Like before I started doing research, I had no idea what, what like the history was of this bottle. And it's actually pretty cool. Uh, the name that will come up today has come up in past episodes but in a lot of ways is very separated from uh, the bottle we had uh, previously. Now, uh, I.W. Harper as a brand started with a guy named Isaac Wolf Bernheim. Not Harper, not I.W. Harper. No, no, Isaac Wolf Bernheim. And we've had Bernheim on the show. It was a wheat whiskey, a seven-year wheat whiskey. Yeah. And it came from a distillery that he had a hand in later, and we'll get to that. Uh, Apparently, he was a a German immigrant uh, that came to America with, quote, a dream and $4, which is actually really cool. Like, you look at this guy's story, and it's like straight up American dream. Uh, This guy was living it. Uh, He worked uh, for a while as he was a traveling salesman in Pennsylvania. Uh, Basically, it said, like, in the history on the website and, like, in other places that were, like, well, um, historical articles. I don't know the word is. But um, apparently, he (laughs) had a horse. (laughs) They're well historical. Um, he had a horse, and he was a traveling salesman with his horse until his horse passed away. Uh, at that point, he moved to Paducah, Kentucky, uh, where he got into bookkeeping for a liquor business. And that's kind of where his liquor um, experience began. Uh, he grabbed his brother, Bernard, and got another business partner and started Bernheim Brothers in 1872. And it was a liquor sales firm. Um, soon... They got another guy, a guy named Nathan Yuri, 
uh, he was uh, like, and they basically like newly named their what was once Bernheim Brothers to Bernheim Brothers and Yuri, and they moved to Louisville, Kentucky. That's right, Louisville, Kentucky. And in <laughs> early you. 1890s, they bought another distillery and they called it the Bernheim Distillery. And they began distilling what's what became known um, before even that happened. They began distilling uh, what became known as an elite bourbon and they called it I.W. Harper. And the, the brand started in 1879, um, naming it after Isaac Wolf. But they wanted a more marketable slash American name. They didn't want a strongly German name like Bernheim. So they called it IW as in Isaac Wolf and then Harper. And uh, there's a lot of speculation of where they got the name Harper. But I think they just kind of pulled it out and said, this sounds American. And we want this to be an American brand. So um, Bernheim sold the business in 1937, uh, soon after Prohibition ended. But the cool thing was... Um, Bernheim Brothers Distillery was open during Prohibition. And uh, for those that know, uh, Prohibition wasn't completely dry. If you had a prescription in the 1930s and even early, or in the 20s and early 30s, you could get some liquor, um, but only through a doctor's prescription could you um, get it. And so, yeah, Bernheim Brothers was one of the 10 medicinal distilleries that kept open during Prohibition. Uh, I don't know all the list of those, but I do know at least one was Buffalo Trace was open during that. So uh, Nowadays, the brand is owned by Diageo. Um, Diageo, since the early 90s, sold it mainly in Japan uh, and not in the U.S. It, until like 2015. So it has been like a continuously producing like brand, if that makes sense, um, since like basically 1979 or 1879, which is 140 years ago this year. Um, but for about 25 years, it was sold almost exclusively in Japan. Uh, but in 2015, they decided to bring the brand back to the States and it's cool. Yeah. It's like been a brand for like 140 years, which is like crazy. Um, you know, you wow. get a lot of brands that like go in and out, like there'll be a brand and then they'll die off and then someone revives it. But this one's kind of been continuous. Um, 86 proof is the bottle 15 years. And like I said earlier, 15 years is like kind of a big investment. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the ones we've had on the show that are over 15 years. In terms of American bourbon, I can only think of Eagle Rare 17 at this time. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any others. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm blanking right now. We might, we might come back and be like, oh, yeah, it's totally that. But um, we have had 18-year uh, Glendronic. I think it was in the Lost episodes, but we did have a 21-year Glendronic, but that's scotch. Um, yeah, 86 proof. It is a really cool crystal style decanter, a bottle. And, uh, it was distilled at the new Bernheim distillery, which is basically an expansion of the Heaven Hill distillery. Uh, but it is not a Heaven Hill product. Um, but the expansion is in downtown Louisville and it's actually like apparently one of, if not the largest distillery in the United States now, uh, by space, at least they're expanding on it right now. So which is kind of cool. Limited release is what it's known as this 15 year, as opposed to their not no age statement one. Uh, limited release, but I'm not sure it's that limited. I have seen it on shelves here and there, but it is somewhat rare. Like you won't find it on every shelf, that's for sure. Um, the cool thing is it's 85 bucks and a 15 year bourbon for 85 bucks is a steal. I've had it before. It's, it's definitely been a while, but uh, I had good thoughts about it. Uh, 
But yeah, Diageo is known for definitely some uh, larger age statements. Uh, they do own Orphan Barrel, and they actually bottle um, I.W. Harper in the same place that they bottle Orphan Barrel bottles, which is in Tullahoma, Tennessee. And uh, yeah, but like Orphan Barrel is known to have like a 28-year-old whoop and holler bourbon, which is like crazy, or like a 26-year-old, uh, what is it, old blowhard. But it's kind of cool. This 15 years is something special. And uh, yeah, 85 bucks. Go pick yourself up one if you can. Um, but yeah, that's what we're drinking today. I.W. Harper 15-year bourbon. Delicious. Um, so I, uh, there's not going to be any. So we, sh- we should tell listeners, I, uh, the normal soundboard that I record on uh, went kaput. And uh, I need to actually send it into the manufacturer because it's under warranty, and I'm actually not super happy about it. I'm pretty pissed off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I felt it uh, sometimes. I am, I am actually recording on a handheld recorder, and actually Cole's recording on the same thing. So it's, yeah. uh, our audio will actually probably match better than it normally does. But mm-hmm. um, because of that, I, I am unlimited. Whatever. There's not going to be a bottle pop sound today. Really. Yeah, there's not going to be a bottle pop. Why not? Because I already poured my whiskey. Because I, I, I am, I, I don't have like a stand for this thing. So like, I had to like put like a, I don't know. I, I had to do like a ghetto rig setup here, and so I'm not, I'm not prepared to be able to do a bottle pop. No, that's cool. Yeah, I had to get me, so. myself one of those like tripods for a while, but understandable that you don't have one. Um, I'm pouring right. mine in now from the sample bottle. All right. I uh, I poured some, so I'm going to smell it a little bit. But uh, while you're pouring, I don't know. You normally do the color. This is It's kind of a deeper color, I feel like. Do you think it's a little darker? Okay. 15 years old is, is something strong in terms of, like, coloring. Uh, like we said, it was 86 proof, but still, like, color shows up quite a bit after, like, 12 years. So, yeah, I do think it's a little darker than normal. Last time I had it this, it smells I remember, delicious, though. Oh my goodness, it's so sweet. Last time yeah. I had it, I um, I remember having thoughts that it was very oaky, but I've developed a better um, appreciation of oak since like 2015, which is when I had it last. Uh, I do remember this. Yeah, it was like scary oaky, but like I I noticed that recently I can handle oak quite a bit more. It's not like overpoweringly astringent or like or like um. Just straight up like woody, so I have a feeling yeah, you're gonna I, like I this would a lot. say that I would say that just in the last year of chill filtered uh you're in ch- change or whatever, but uh that your tolerance for oakiness is way uh better, not even just tolerance, it's just like you said, like you found a new appreciation for it, and like it doesn't just automatically turn it off for you, so yeah, I think so, yeah, so the nose is like super i get a little orange like orange juice almost not like orange peel yeah Um, i got you there yeah super sweet i love the sweetness i'm getting from just the nose alone candy definitely like a hard candy as opposed to like a chewy caramel candy that we can normally talk about for a bourbon yeah i'm digging it i get a little banana i can get a little bit of that there is a little oak, don't get me wrong, like even talking about like how I can appreciate oak. There is some oak and it's not unpleasant. Yeah. It's uh 
it feels like it's more than 80 uh, by the nose of it it feels like it's more than 86 proof which is pretty low yeah i actually i don't think i ever knew that it was uh only 86 proof and Mm. so when you said that i was surprised because i think even on like on the palette and everything like i i was like wow that like if this is only 86 that's a great 86 i like Really, honestly, if something's below a hundred for me, it's kind of usually like, uh, okay, whatever. But this is not one of those ones. So, okay, first, mouthfeel. It is buttery deliciousness. Like just even in terms of like how it, you know, coats your your mouth. This is really good. I actually um, caught myself rolling my eyes back when I when I um, like kind of let loose the air after sipping it holy crap this is good and i don't even know what it is it's not like this is so much better than i remember it's really this is uh, caramely and yeah just it's super buttery and caramely and, and delicious buttery is is the right word um man it is uh it is thick that mouthfeel yeah um I'm getting a smokiness, but not like a peaty smoky, just mm-hmm. like sitting around a campfire kind of smokiness uh, yeah. on the palate. And it is really good. I, I really love this whiskey. I think it's incredible. Yeah. I totally forgot how good this is. And that smokiness you mentioned, one of the things I notice about it, you know how when you drink uh, peaty scotch, you're typically going to feel like the mouthfeel is going to be like gritty in a way like sea salt in your mouth like it's just something about um the smokiness there that is not the smokiness you're getting here smokiness you're getting here is just like it's like when you eat a really good piece of barbecue and the smokiness is there but it's like it falls apart in your mouth it it doesn't taste like barbecue don't get me wrong um no i was i was just gonna say it doesn't it doesn't taste like a face full of smoke when you're sitting around a campfire you're very right it's it's almost like smoked fish Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm like that, like That's smoked salmon. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it it tastes nothing like fish, but that feeling, that like butteriness, right. is there. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I'm not saying it tastes like fish. It's just yeah. it. It's the smoke flavor from smoked salmon. That's the same type of flavor I'm getting from this. Yeah. This, in a way, reminds me of the, um. Just pure caramel butteriness that uh, Eagle Rare 17 will have, and that is high praise from Cole Seabald. It is. I, you know, I've only had Eagle Rare once, so I couldn't, uh, I couldn't tell you uh, what I remember of it. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just fall apart in your mouth, kind of just uh, butter. I'm trying to get past the word buttery, but that is a really good verb or adjective, not verb. I'm about to butter this whiskey real good. <laughs> Um, well, butter can be a verb. I mean, yeah. you, uh, you butter your bread. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, really sweet, but like a really just mellow, sweet uh, toffee, but like a softer toffee, not as much like um, like the really hard stuff. Yeah. Mm. Smokiness. The finish. Speaking is, of, go, go ahead. ahead. No, the finish is no, super no, no. long-lasting. Uh, this is great. I need to buy me a bottle of this. You know, I'm so happy to hear you say that because I remember when I told you I got this, like, and I asked you if you'd had it. You you were like, "Yeah, I have. It's yeah, it's it's. Uh, 
And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I think it's, like, incredible. <laughs> so I'm happy to have, have you be like, oh, like, this is great. Yeah. Now, this this honestly gets somewhat close to Eagle Rare 17. Not, I mean, Eagle Rare 17 takes the cake by a, by a distance, but this reminds me of but it. Let me, that's great. Let me ask you this. Like, how much of that... And for Eagle Rare 17 and you, is is it like the the story behind your bottle? Like, it's a little bit of both. Um, it it's definitely like something I worked very hard to get that bottle, and that was kind of the start of my whiskey journey. Um, right. But yeah, I think I've had much better whiskeys than Eagle Rare 17. But there's just something about it that I just put forward. But 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 if I'm comparing something to Eagle Rare 17, it's typically because it's a lower proof and it's a good age um, as right. opposed to like you know George T Stag um, which the 2013 or was it 2016 I think it was 13 was the best whiskey I've ever had in my life um, and but that's nothing like this like this so different um, in terms of like the eagle rare split between that like there's just something about a low proof decent age to it that just yeah, that's what I would compare right. it to. But I wouldn't compare like William Larue Weller to Eagle Rare. Like that's just they're just apples and oranges. Yeah, I uh, you know I I told a few people that the the amaranth grain of the gods that we had last week. Yeah, uh, that that right now is my favorite whiskey I've ever had, and it's just nice. purely the the story of it. Like for like sure. I have had better whiskey for sure, but it's my favorite just purely based on what it means that we got it you know yeah when i worked at the bar people would say what's your favorite whiskey and i would say favorite or best i've ever had and they'd be like Ooh, right do tell and then i'd kind of tell them kind of how i got that bottle um but then i'd also mention some of the better ones that i've had in terms of just like purely good whiskey um, so there's a big yeah. difference you know favorite and best for sure i mean the, the, yeah absolutely uh, mm. I have added two drops of water into my glass. I already did. Tell me what you're yeah. getting from the nose, and I'll tell you what I'm getting from the palate. I think it added a little bit of chocolate, but overall it didn't really change a whole lot on the nose. I agree. And uh, on the palate, some of the notes that I was getting was sometimes we get that bitter um, with the palate when we add water or ice. There's not... There's a little, like, the the tiniest remnant of a bitter, uh, but it's it reminds me of a lot of the uh, neat pour, um, but I like it still. But I got to pour a little more in my glass so I can put some ice in it. Sure. I uh, I agree. It, it, it did give just a tiniest little amount of that bitterness, mm-hmm. uh, but it also brought out more of the smoke for me, if if I uh, could be honest with you. No, I, I actually uh, can very much agree with that. I didn't think about it, but it matches what I tasted. I respect that. Me too. All right, I'm adding, uh, dropping a cube. Bloop. For sure. So, nose is about the same. It doesn't smell like, oh, you know what? I'm getting a little bit of nail polish remover. Or is it nail polish? Uh, no, no, nail no, polish. No, I have had... I have had no. Well, I have had the nail polish remover smell the entire time. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. All I know is when there's nail polish being applied, that's probably what it smells like. Right. Do you ever do you ever like put nail polish on when you were younger? Sure. That's cool. 
That's cool. So I think I probably did one. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, but then I grew I mean, up. no. The thing is, is like you and I both had, you had older sisters and I had an older sister. Like yes, you kind of, it happens when, when yeah. you have older sisters. So yeah, they used to dress me up a lot. It was funny. But anyway, back to I the never, whiskey. I, I never had uh, nail polish on. Like I was never a goth kid, so I never like painted my own nails. But mm-hmm. I, I definitely had the sister to it. So yeah, I did just taste it, and it's yep. almost absent completely. Like I don't know, maybe I added too much ice, but almost everything dropped off a cliff. And Ooh, uh, not me, not, man. Not you? Oh, you're getting some good. Well, I'll say that. Right away, with that cube in there, when you first sip it, it's surprising, but it very quickly turns to very bitter metallic, and the finish is atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, I would recommend to the listeners out there, try it for sure, but if you don't want to try it, you don't have to try it. It's not a great ice, you know, uh, pour. Uh, I much prefer it neat, and then I would say after that, I would... I would Maybe want a few drops of water, but don't, you know, you don't have to try it with ice. It's not great. It's not the worst thing in the world. What's interesting is, what's interesting is right away when it's ice in there, right away when you sip it, it, it is very strong chocolate. But like I said, almost immediately it, it turns and it's not great. Yeah. I get a chocolate and an orange peel a little bit, but yeah, yeah. it's almost non-existent for what I'm getting at least. Yeah, well, I like this one. What, what, uh, what are you thinking as far as a rating goes? Um, I actually, uh, I want to give a sh- slight shout out real quick. One of my friends, Alan, uh, gave a great point of he's like, when you do reviews, you should kind of break down or your ratings. You should break down a few things, and we do that typically. But I want to do that more often. That's what I want to do. Um, this reminds me of Eagle Rare Seventeen. I love Eagle Rare 17, and I give that a mid-nine typically, but I don't give this a mid-nine. This reminds me of something very smooth for a good age, and uh, I loved it. I loved the mouthfeel. I loved the the neat pour. It was just buttery smooth. I could, I definitely want to buy a bottle for $85. I would give this an 8.9. Wow. I'm, I'm surprised that you went as high as you did. Yeah. No, it's good. Uh... I'm sorry, did you do your secondary scale? Oh, secondary scale, I also give this um, exceptional. Nice. Yeah. Um, I what you think of I, uh, I, I'm actually just going a straight eight, just a solid whole eight there. Yeah. What would you, um, like, compare it to? Anything that, like, comes to mind of, like, not, not taste-wise, but even more, like, caliber? Uh, you know, that's really interesting. Um, I think it's Betel, Betel, it's Betel, Cole. It's um, Betel. I think it's better than Eagle Rare 10. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where I might put it, honestly, compare it to is the, the Little Book Chapter 2 that we nice. have had. Um, I like that. Because I really like that bourbon, it is it is nowhere near the Knob Creek twenty fifth anniversary that that I have. Yo, for sure. Yeah. Um, did you see that? Uh, um, uh, little book just put out a. Are they releasing their third uh, release? I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. 
And then Kentucky Owl did as well. Third release ride. Oh yeah. I know, man. I uh I there's a place near me that still has like four bottles of the batch number 2 and I'm really hoping that the third release being released is going to make that price knock down on those. So they really went too high. I hate to tell. I hate to tell Kentucky Owl and Dixon Deadman, but he really went too high with that last price. But hopefully they'll learn from I, that. I doubt it. I I feel like that kind of thing like you don't go down in price. You can only go up. Yeah. You know. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic uh, whiskey. But Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, hey, Cole, what are we drinking next week? Uh, that's a good question. I am blanking right now, but I can look it up real quick. Well, what we're drinking next week is Old Ezra 7-Year Barrel Strength. Yo, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I I guess I am too. <laughs> and that's uh that's a sample that was sent to us very graciously from our friend Caleb Olson. Uh hashtag yeah, the bourbon the badger. Bourbon badger. Mm-hmm. Not hashtag the bourbon badger. Oh, that's the right. Bourbon badger the... on on Instagram. These days in there. Uh, and if you're one of the uh, Wisconsin Speakeasy people from Facebook, you would know Caleb from that as well. For so sure. big, big thanks to Caleb, and a big shout out to Caleb because he's one of our Patreon subscribers, right? Is Caleb that is, is right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I just uh, I suddenly started saying that, and I was like, oh no, what if he isn't? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, he, he was one uh, of the first. That's right. That's right. He was. I I can definitely tell that I'm still waking up from my nap. Um. <laughs> Cole, any other thing that you'd like to talk about before we get to the favorite part of the show? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, that means it's time for Whiskey World News. That's right. You heard it here. It's time for Whiskey World News, the part of the show where we find an article on the internet, we read it, or, but before we do, we, we tell you where we found it, the the title and the author and all that good stuff. We're never going to take credit. We're always going to want to give credit to the people who work hard and do things in this business. Uh, but then we'll read it and kind of talk about it. Um, last week's show, I, I, I started to read this one article and then I just decided to stop because it seemed really complicated. And then we kind of <laughs> teased that maybe we would do it this week. I've got bad news. I uh, we're not going to do it this week. <laughs> we're going to skip it. We're just going to skip it. Yeah, it seemed like a lot of drama that I didn't want. Like I just I don't want drama on this show. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, today's article comes from PasteMagazine.com, uh, and it's written by a guy named Jim Varel. V O R E L. Again, it's PasteMagazine.com, written by Jim Varel, and the title of the article is. Whistle Pig Piggyback Rye Whiskey Review. And I won't get to the review portion. I'm just going to talk about this new release from Whistle Pig. And as they get into the the review, we'll stop. But uh, we'll read this and talk about it a little bit. Here we go. It's been several years of transformative change for Vermont-based rye whiskey kingpins, Whistle Pig. As the company came into a new identity following the ouster of founder Raj Bakta, and the opening of its Vermont farm distilling operation. Not to mention the pains of growing rye on site, it was struck by another blow in 2018 with the passing of master distiller Dave Pickerel. 
Pickerel, a true legend of the whiskey industry, mm-hmm. had worked with many different brands over the course of his lifetime, but was intimately associated with the Whistle Pigs product in particular and received much credit for its trophy case of awards. His passing was a blow to many in the industry, but few more than Whistlepig. Now, though the distillery is honor- honoring Pickerel's memory with the release of the final product he designed for the company, Piggyback Rye. Oh, now though. Okay, yeah, there we go. Uh, it's designed to be a more accessible, more affordable version of the company's flagship 10-year 100-proof 100% rye. Piggyback is a bit younger, only six years, a bit weaker, only 96.56 proof, and a bit cheaper, $50 manufacturer's suggested retail price, functioning as a more as more of a gateway entry to the brand's ultra-premium rye portfolio. For, for the sake of comparison, the flagship 10-year rye has an MSRP around $75, while the 12- and 15-year special editions typically range from $120 to $200. The cast-strength Whistlepig Boss Hog, on the other hand, Ooh. can reach well beyond $200. Yeah, well beyond $200, like $500. $500 retail. Right. So with that said, yes, piggyback rye seems like a much greater value. Like the brand's classic flagship rye, this is a 100% rye whiskey sourced from Canada and does not contain any of the juice distilled in Vermont, most of which is still being aged, except for the portion that make it makes their way into the brand's farm stock rye. It sports a six-year age statement, which still makes it a good deal older than a lot of rye on the American market, although the $50 price tag still marks it as a fairly premium product as well. So that's as far as we'll go on that. What I find interesting here, Cole, is they say that that six-year age statement makes it a good deal older than a lot of rye on the American market. I don't I don't know, a lot? Do you, do you think that's a fair statement? It's it's older than a lot of rye on the American market? Uh, you know, I mean it's probably older than like Redemption, it's probably older than Rittenhouse. It's probably older than any uh Jim Beam uh rye. But I don't no, know. I mean no. 6 is like a good not, median. Not by not by any shot. I mean, what, what do you what do you mean by Jim Beam rye? Are you are you including Knob Creek in that? No, 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 just Jim Beam. I know Knob has a okay. few that are you know older, but yeah, like Jim Beam standard um, rye. Um, right, but like, no, I feel like that's a good median to be honest. As a six year, yeah, I mean, I I just think you know to me like the uh, the all all around workhorse rye is going to be Sazerac, and that yeah. you know baby Saz is six years. Like that's yep. to me that six years is like the standard. I yeah. I always think it's weird. Like I think it's weird that like Willet is a four year rye. I'm like well, great four years. Like who cares? Yeah. So can you remind everyone what we call Sazerac six? Baby Saz. Yeah, which is funny. You think about it. They call a six year old Sazerac baby Sazerac. Right. That's. Like that's my point. Like with yeah. rye, like if that's like the, one of the most common rye that's going to be on liquor shelves across America, mm-hmm. and and it's the baby rye, the baby yeah. says, and it's six years. It's weird to me that they're going to say, you know, six years is a great deal older than yeah. a lot of the rye on the America. So I don't know, but I am interested in this. I um I actually really like the bottle design. It's uh, it looks a lot like at least from what I can see, it looks a lot like the normal. Uh, whistle pig bottle but it seems mm. maybe a little skinnier and a may- maybe a little bit taller so oh, cool. um, 
it's got a cool black label on it, so you could almost pass it off as Boss Hog. <laughs> but yeah. uh, um, I don't know. What, what do you what do you think about Whistlepig as they're starting to do more new stuff? And then pl- plus, this is you know the last thing that Dave Pickerel had his hand in for them. Yeah, I think I I would be interested to try it. I mean, we've had the ten year on the show, and it wasn't wasn't my favorite rye, let alone a uh, you know ten year or more rye. Um, it right. was super earthy, uh, but that, you know, that was a barrel pick as well. So it might've been just kind of a one-off. Um, but I'd be interested in a six year. I mean, like Sazerac six is like really good, um, for what it is. So it might just be a really sweet spot for them. Um, but I think it's cool like that, uh, Dave Pickerel had his hand in this, you know, mad respect to that guy, uh, because, you know, he really had a strong hand in not just Whistlepig and Blackened and even Maker's Mark in the, back in the day, but he had a huge hand in just whiskey in general in America. So um, right. I, I respect the guy. I want to try it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, 50 is a chunk for a six-year-old ride, but I'd be willing to try it for sure, especially at a bar. I uh, I just want to say you you talked about the the ten year standard whistle pig that we had on the show. Yeah. Um. I actually I gave away well over half this bottle to a friend. I just I just poured it into an empty bottle and said, "Hey, ha- here you go. Have this." I didn't I didn't care yeah. for it too much. Uh, you said it was a barrel pick. It's it wasn't a barrel pick. I thought it was a Steve's barrel pick. No, nope. It's not a barrel pick at all. Oh, rough. Um, yeah. Then so that, yeah. I was. At, I was actually thinking as you were talking, like I'd like to try, you know, whistle pig, the ten year whistle pig barrel pick if I could find mm-hmm. one, uh, because I I thought well, you know, barrel pick somebody's choosing the best that they can get, and so I, I'd be interested in in tasting that. But uh, yeah, no, the the one we had is not a barrel pick, huh. um, and uh, I you know I haven't had it since that that uh, episode, so yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe next uh, Thirsty Thursday video I'm gonna pour this and and give it another shot um but yeah i don't know can you think of any whiskey that you've had either here on chill filtered or just in general that you think it's maybe time to give it another shot oh that's a great question um i really like that question but i'm trying to think of a good answer um give it another shot ah i don't know i mean the first Oh, you know what? We should probably give, uh, should I say it? The one that we like really didn't like at first. No. Okay. That one does not deserve a second shot. It <laughs> doesn't make a chance Listen, to the light of day. We have, we have committed to, to not saying bad things about whiskeys and blah, blah, blah. But I will go ahead and say that that whiskey is horrible and yeah. I won't name it, but I, I will tell you, you know what it is and I, it is horrible. And that's the general consensus across the whiskey world is that, yeah, that one is. Right. Yeah, I think for me, this, this Whistle Pig tenure, uh, it deserves a second shot because like people rant and rave about it. And I, it's not that I hated it. It's just you, you hit the nail on the head. It was super earthy. I, I would even say dirty. It, was, it tasted yeah. like dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not not like in a it's weird to say that and then and then say but not in a bad way um like it, it wasn't like i spit it out like i i could tolerate it um but it you know it it deserves a second shot you know like i always say um 
your taste buds are affected by everything that you've sure. eaten previously to that day and so like i'd just like to try it again and and see see what's what so i think i'm gonna pour a glass of it on uh on the thirsty thursday episode this week um look to watching. and see w- what's going on there you know the other thing we got to talk about is um I've got this Thirsty Thursday Infinity bottle that's made up of all of the samples that I've received, either from Cole or from Caleb or other places that that other people that have given me samples. Um, you know, the just this past week I put the Amaranth Grain of the Gods in there, um, which which kind of hurt a little bit, but it was yeah. also kind of cool. It was <laughs> so stick to the rules. I, uh, you know, I posted that on Instagram, the the video of me doing that, just that snippet of it, and I was worried, and I tagged Buffalo Trace. I was worried that I was going to get an angry text from you, being like, "Are you kidding me? You showed uh, Buffalo Trace that you did that? They'll never <laughs> help us again." <laughs> right, um, but yeah, it's the 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 goal with that bottle is to send samples of it with the courier. Uh, to people on Patreon. So uh, just another plug for our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash chillfiltered, once we get this, or once I get this bottle full, the plan is to get samples to all of our Patreon people. And and I'll go ahead and say that uh, people who are at the $5 a month or more uh you know, uh, tier will, will get samples of that bottle. And so Ooh. the thing is, is like, if, if there's only four people at that, you know, they'll, they'll each get a nice, good portion of this bottle and, and it'll be fun. Um, and so, but the more should... people that, no, go ahead, go ahead. We should do it no, on no, the show. Don't. Yeah. Like, you mean, yeah, obviously I would set aside samples for you and I to review, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the more the more people on Patreon uh, that are at that five dollar tier, um, the the smaller the sample will be. But the more people that get to enjoy it. So, uh, sure. if you want to help out what we do, go to patreon.com slash chillfiltered. Hey Cole, my uh, my AirPods are about to die, so unfortunately we've got to end this wonderful episode. Uh, just a reminder: remember what we're drinking next week. Yep. Old Ezra, okay, so remind everybody. Year. Old Ezra, seven year, um, cast strength. Absolutely. Uh, hey, Cole, uh, love that you're doing good and that, uh, you know, you're getting a nice cool weather at 90 some degrees out there in Arizona. Uh, but uh love you bud anyway listeners i love you too and uh if you would do us a favor and keep being awesome and uh, i hope that uh, this was a great episode for you but most of all i hope that our love of spirits lifted yours <laughs>